Welcome back, and thank you for joining me again this week for another episode of The Devil Came Knocking. Today's episode will be the final episode of Season 1. We will recap the last 20 weeks, and I have a couple of updates to announce in the case. My opinion has drastically changed over the last few months on almost every aspect of this case. The crimes committed against the Lily Lid family was truly tragic and senseless. What happened that April night, there will never be a good explanation for. But I have tried hard to tell the truth about what happened that night. And I do believe we have told the most honest version of this story ever told. Thank you for joining me the last several weeks. And let's recap the case and how it happened. Twenty-five years ago this past April, a family of four from Knoxville encountered six runaway teenagers from Kentucky at a rest stop in Tennessee. By the end of the next night, three of the four family members were dead, the teens were on the run, and a small community in East Tennessee was left reeling from violence they just could not comprehend. We began this case by looking at the lives of the teenagers before the crimes, trying to figure out what could lead a group of teenagers to commit such a violent act. The district attorney in the case, Mr. Bell, insists to this day that the six were a devil-worshipping vampire cult. The six say they were just troubled teens looking to escape their small town that made them feel trapped. After months of interviews and research, I believe the truth is closer to the version that the six tells. In fact, I have found almost zero evidence to suggest that the group was some vampire cult. Although I will admit that there was a couple of weird teens in the group. My opinion of the group is they were troubled, abused teenagers who decided to try and escape their hells and unfortunately the group had two psychopaths in it. The actions of those two would lead to what happened on Payne Hollow that night in April. Let's discuss that next. The events of April the 6th, 1997 would begin at a rest stop off Interstate 81 in Greene County, Tennessee. The events that happened here are easy to put together with the witness statements. Vidar would approach Natasha and Karen to talk to them about God. At some point, Joe and Jason would join this conversation and they would proceed to a picnic table as a group. Delphina and Tabitha would join the group shortly after at the picnic tables. Natasha would orchestrate the carjacking with Jason and Joe using the guns to kidnap the family, who they forced into their van telling Crystal and Dean, who was sitting in Joe's car, to follow them as they left the rest area. Joe would force Vidar to drive a short distance to Payne Hollow, a dead-end road in a secluded part of the county. Once there, all evidence indicates Jason Bryant, only 14 at the time, single-handedly executed three of the members of the Little Lid family, and it's only a miracle little Peter survived. Mr. Bell has always insisted all six participated in the killings and that the group stacked the victims in a cross before leaving the scene, 
both of which we proved were lies. We showed you proof Mr. Bell never held up his end of the first plea deal he made with Dean, violating his rights. You've heard interviews about Karen's treatment in Greene County, not to mention her IQ tested at just 78. And we showed you how Crystal has almost zero culpability in the crimes, and even all five other co-defendants testified to this. We also showed you how Crystal only ended up with the group due to repeated sexual abuse by her stepfather. The facts of this case, in my opinion, is this. All six deserve to go to prison, but all six deserved a fair trial to determine that sentence. Instead, Mr. Bell railroaded these kids into a plea deal that will see all six die in prison for crimes of two of the individuals. Also remember that when Mr. Bell did this, it was during an election year. Based upon my research, however, and the research of several other individuals, we have appeals drawn up for Dean, Crystal, and Karen based upon a few things. The state never fingerprinting the guns to determine the shooter being the first. And second, a deal made with witnesses that was never disclosed in the discovery to the defense. I assume if you have listened to this many episodes, you may feel Crystal, Dean, and Karen have served their time as well. If so, I encourage you to reach out to Dan Armstrong at the Greene County DA office and demand he does the right thing this time. The West Memphis Three case is proof public pressure can change everything in a case like this. That concludes this week's episode and the first season of The Devil Came Knocking. I never imagined 20 weeks ago I would still be working on this case today. It has truly been a blessing though and I have made some lifelong friends along the way. I will be taking the next two weeks off as we prepare for season two. I will be back though July 8th with Marvin Haynes' case and the week after that we will begin to dive into the Summer Wells case and back into my hometown. Before I won't go though, I wanted to say a special thank you to Douglas Cavanaugh, Anna Mullins, Ashley York, and Imani and her organization, the Community Defense of East Tennessee. I couldn't have done this without you guys, and I'm so thankful.